holiday season, the holiday shopping rush for Canadian retailers, it's both a bonus. There is a hidden problem with it as well. Shoplifting goes up. It's already a huge problem. It costs retailers here about $5 billion a year. That's the estimate. And retail theft, it's called. It's not just people taking stuff off the shelves and running out the door. It's obviously much broader than that, but $5 billion enough. It cuts into companies' profits. It affects consumers. Um I was reading the other day that Target, that huge American company that briefly laid down roots here and left quickly, they believe organized retail theft could become a $600 million problem by the end of the year. That's organized retail theft alone, a $600 million problem for Target alone. That money seems huge. Uh, there are a number of causes for this, you know, um, organized groups and so forth. But we wanted to find out a little bit more about what's happening on this side of the border. So who better to do that than Rui Rodriguez? He's a long time, was a long time retail executive. He's now an executive advisor to the Retail Council of Canada on loss prevention and risk management. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Ben. Pleasure to be here. We know it's a long-standing problem, uh, but I guess as far as Canada's concerned, we're not quite sure just how much it's costing retailers. We know it's costing them quite a bit, though. Yeah, shoplifting, I mean, we know for 2022, uh, and not just estimated, but based on data, shoplifting is about a $5 billion problem in Canada. Uh, that's a call across all sectors. That's the cause of crime in Canada, uh, as we know it now. And, you know, if you think about 10 years ago, it was about $3 billion, So it's a growing problem and will continue to be uh, an issue. But we are seeing an increase in shoplifting and theft, not a decrease right now. And we're seeing it evolve as well, aren't we? We're seeing different strategies being employed. And the biggest challenge, Ben, over the last uh, three years with uh, the pandemic, a lot of retailers being closed and then the reopening, uh, we've seen this surgence of violence uh, and aggression that I think grew more so through pandemic and it's continued to escalate. So I would say for Canada, the biggest change is not just shoplifting increases, but it's the violence and aggression that has come while those incidents are being perpetrated. And we're seeing across the country, there's certainly pockets of the country where it may, may be more prolific, but it's across every province. And violence, I mean, it could be just simple assault, aggression based on uh, vocal, but we're seeing weapons, bear sprayed, knives, guns in some incidents, daylight robberies, which we really haven't seen in retail for many, many years. So I'd say that's the biggest issue that we're dealing with Canada is this increase of aggression, violence that our frontline workers and managers are facing. So this isn't walking in and trying to sneak something under your coat and walking out. This is sort of brazen, in-your-face theft in, in retail environments. Yeah, and it, you know, there's a lot of factors. Certainly, you know, inflation is not helping this cause. There's a, a larger number of mental health issues that we're dealing with, drug issues. So obviously, all of those add it to it. But including the the boom that we've seen in reselling, the online growth, and right. the demand for product has also increased. Uh, in another element of organized retail crime that is increasing, whereas before that might have been traditional brick and mortars, not just the the, the folks looking for a small item, maybe it's for personal need, uh, or that it's now professionals preying upon retailers, not just by coming into brick and mortars, but through online trends, through curbside, through porch piracy. So the levels of crime and the ways to commit crime against retailers has increased. It's no longer just at the store level. 
I think in the past we used to used to picture it as something that you know occasionally there were sort of gangs of teenagers who would do it in in swarms. There were obviously people who did it uh, a lot. You know, people who compulsive shoplifters and so on. But are we seeing? Uh, I, I was reading something earlier this uh, this month that was released by um, or last month rather that was released on Target, and they were certainly pointing the finger at. I mean, organized crime has many different uh, connotations, but they were indicating that this was a much more organized form of theft than it used to be. And I would have to concur with that. Obviously, in the U.S., the, based on just supply and demand and population, when they see issues, they can be uh, bigger in scale. Uh, but I would uh, you know, agree with the philosophy. What we're seeing from an organized retail crime and the different facets, and the evolution of the organized criminals who are also preying upon those that may have the mental health issues or the drug addictions, uh, where they're preying upon these folks to say, you know, you steal this for me, bring it to me, I will pay you, you know, 10, 20 cents on the dollar. So that creates a, a new emergence of organized crime. And as long as there's demand for black market goods, and as I said, with the evolution of online and social media, it allow, also allows criminals to sell through social media, uh, marketplace and others so they can hide behind it. And people are willing to pay for that merchandise, right? I think a lot of people know when you're buying merchandise like that, it might not be coming from uh, the proper means. It may be stolen. But bottom line, as long as there's demand and there's these new ways that I can interact, you know, from a criminal, you can interact with people, the opportunity is there. So yes, the ORC, you know, organized retail crime has also grown proportionally in Canada, and we're seeing a lot more of it. And from an organization, we're also seeing more violence within that ORC activity. You know, there's a difference between a professional organized group that comes in with, you know, booster bags and they don't really want to get caught because this is their career. But now we also have over the last couple of years, this prolific violent criminal that may be tied to a gang, but they're going to get what they want through violence. And that is a significant issue and obviously a biggest concern for, for our employees. Yeah, I imagine for a lot of employees, and I know this to be true, that they're simply told, let 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 people steal, right? You can't, uh, it's too dangerous to try to stop them. Yeah, and I, I would say a lot of retailers for a long time, you know, it's the, for the safety of their employees. But we've also seen this emergence now in, you know, wanting to protect your own employees and your merchandise and your locations. So there's a an emergence of the use of guards, tactical guards at retailers, you know, there's always been a bit of that through the holiday, but there's more and through the year, pay duty officers to deal with the, the concern that there are these escalated situations. And I would say partially also, we have retailers that are now starting to take a stand to say, well, if I allow them to just come in and steal and go, they're going to continue to victimize our locations. And even if we stand back and let them do it, and they don't hurt our employees, we're still a victim. So at some point, you have to deploy some type of strategy to prevent it. A lot of retailers have invested in, you know, reducing the inventory on the floor, other measures, points of exit, points of entry, controlling traffic. But that's a big burden on retailers and a big cost as well. So also, you know, with Retail Council of Canada, we've also been working closely with police, the justice system and government to look at solutions long term uh, and engaging with every province around. Let's get to the table with stakeholders. This is a social issue, and it's a, not necessarily just a police issue, but retailers want to work together with the other stakeholders to come up with some solutions that help everybody. 
Rui Rodriguez is with us this half hour. He is with the Retail Council of Canada. He's an executive advisor on loss prevention and risk management. We're talking about shoplifting. Uh, the holiday season tends to see a rise in a retail crime. It has been a big problem uh, of late, $5 billion a year. It's estimated it costs uh, the Canadian Canadian retailers alone. It's a bigger problem in the U.S. these days as well. Um, tell me, you know, I, was, I was noticing I was at a Target in Seattle, of all places, and clearly, you know, downtown Seattle's had its issues with shoplifting. And, and so much of their merchandise is now behind lock and key, like it's literally behind guards. Are we heading that way to where uh, retailers will have no choice but to kind of really safeguard what's on the floor? Because... If not, it just becomes too tempting to steal? Yeah, Ben, and I think a lot of retailers have already deployed some of those measures here this year uh, as they're trying to the balance between great customer service and making it easy, as well as obviously protecting their own goods and making sure there's goods available for the customer. So yeah, there's various strategies. Uh, I think, again, guards are being deployed in a lot of retailers uh, as that deterrent, sometimes using your own employees as greeters, controlling traffic in and out uh, where you see in some retailers. So they're trying to control the number of people in at any time so they can potentially get one-to-one service. You probably see that a bit more in the luxury space, Mm -hmm. you know, and then employment of merchandise security measures, as you mentioned, possibly showcases, applying cables to tie things down or just limiting the quantities, adding more cameras in the stores to be able to keep an eye on hotspots. Retailers in Canada have been deploying those measures over the last year and continue to, uh, which obviously comes at a significant cost to the retailer as well. Yeah, I can imagine these days with uh, with inflation biting uh, everything, uh, you know, we could be heading into a bit of a recession. Um, this is a real problem for retailers having to deal with with this problem because it often they the individual retailer has to shoulder it, right? Yeah, and you know what I can tell you just from my own knowledge of Retail Council of Canada because obviously working with the retailers at all levels, I can see where retail organizations or Canada are trying to do the best to shelter as much as pushing the increases to the customer as possible. I think if you look around the world, our inflation is less than a lot of other similar countries, but it's inevitable that at some time, you know, as losses go up and organizations need to pay for their employees, the stores, facilitate all that, that it's a balance sheet exercise. You know, you have to increase cost of goods in order to make sure you can continue to be viable in that community you're trying to serve. Do you have a sense, I mean, I'm sure all organizations, maybe not small retailers, but larger retailers will obviously factor in uh, theft and loss as part of their uh, business equation. Do you have any sense of just how much beyond that it's gone right now, beyond sort of what would be considered normal loss? Uh, I can only say, Ben, on some of the factors, because it'd be a bit of a guess. I, I can tell you based on some that I know, where you might have averaged out, say, 1.8% shrink, uh, whereas now they could be uh, easily 1% higher than that. Right. Uh, and of course, you know, loss is a cost on your P&L, your profit and loss statement, but it starts to impact all the other things you want to do. So if you want to continue to still service the customer, that money's got to come from somewhere. What would be the effective ways to combat it? I mean, clearly it can't be, you know, within the justice system, it's not a uh, particular scene is a particularly, you know, it's not a crime that's particularly harshly punished necessarily. Uh, but what could be done, do you think, within within all realms of, of, of fighting this? What do you think would be a good place to start? Yeah, so, I, you know, I would state that probably, you know, there's three type of criminals, um, and I, I don't want to generalize, but they kind of fall into the the opportunistic, the chronic, and the professional 
the opportunistic, those are people who are always going to steal when they get a chance. Uh, right. The chronic and the professional are the ones that we can possibly have a greater impact. One, it's addressing supply and demand, the black market. That's a very difficult thing to do. But collaborating to address some of our socioeconomic issues so the prolific offenders, why they're out there stealing, the organized groups, and working collectively with police to work on projects that targets these organized groups. And we send the message that you know we can work with police, conduct the investigations, make an impact. Uh, and then from a program perspective is working with justice and government around the resolutions for you know the 20% of the individuals that go through the system may be played out because it is perceived as property crime. But meanwhile, that person may have repeated 30 times. There's got to be a better resolution. And there are some. Getting this person through a program that gets them the aid to get them out of a life of crime. Let's catch some of the younger folks on their first, second, third offense so they don't become career criminals. And I can say a lot of retailers have said they're very happy to work with the government and justice towards these solutions. You're not going to fix it all. But if we can impact 20%, retailers want to work together with the other stakeholders to come up with some solutions that help everybody. Rui Rodriguez, thank you so much. My pleasure, Ben. Thank you.